0: Hey everyone! Here to Miss Akimoto here to read you your next chapter, of Flying Solo. So yesterday, the kids came back from recess and Sky had fallen and scraped his knee really badly, and um, Missy took care of it. And it was kind of their first big test for could they handle an emergency, but it sure seemed like at the end when um, when Tim was saying, who needs any grown-ups at all, and that might be some foreshadowing that something's going to happen soon. So we'll see what happens next. I'm going to start chapter 19, 1.10 p.m. in Richmond. Rachel stared out the window, looking past the field onto the patch of woods beyond. She'd heard that deer lived in those woods, and she liked this idea because deer were her favorite animals. A deer knew how to make itself invisible by using camouflage and silence. Deer made no bark, no whinny, no growl, no sound. They were mute. Or were they? Rachel wondered if silence might be something that deer chose. Maybe they had everybody fooled. Maybe they had invented their own secret language to communicate when nobody was around. A few large raindrops splattered against the windows. For a minute, she sat watching the rain. She guessed that it would be hard to fly a plane in the rain, especially a small plane. Did planes have windshield wipers, like cars? She should know that, but didn't. And landing in a rainstorm would be a lot trickier. The rain would cut down on visibility. Visibility is what you can see. Rachel looked past Sean O'Day's face to the window where the droplets were bouncing off the glass. The rain was starting to fall harder now. She thought of the silent deer getting wet in that patch of woods. Corey jumped up to close the windows. Hey, we've got to go to enrichment, Jessica announced. Thank you, five points below genius, Tim said. Shut up, you troglodyte, Rhonda shot back. What's that? Tim asked. Look it up, Rhonda told him smugly. Look it up, he mimicked. Um, just so you know, a troglodyte is someone who is like beneath you. It's like um, a peasant. So if you call someone a troglodyte, you're calling are you're saying that they are like subhuman. Enrichment was the program for gifted students. Early in the school year, Rachel had gone to enrichment too. But when she stopped speaking, Mr. Doblin dropped her from the program. "'I don't want to go to enrichment,' Jessica groaned. "'I must go to enrichment,' Christopher said. "'I must feed my brain. I'm gifted.'" "'You've got a gifted belly,' Tim said, nodding. "'Shush,' Karen said. She looked at Jessica. "'You know, I don't really feel like going either.'" But we have to, Jessica said. Mr. Doblin will come after us if we don't. We're getting all the enrichment you can ask for right here, Karen said. Let's skip it today. Skip it? Christopher asked. How are you going to manage that? Just watch, Karen said, going to the phone behind Mr. Fabiano's desk. She picked it up and dialed a number. Order me a pizza while you're at it, Tim suggested. Mr. Doblin? Karen asked. Hi, this is Karen Ballard in Mr. Fabiano's class. We were wondering if maybe we could miss enrichment today. Yes, sir. We're doing a project here in Mr. Fabiano's class. Uh, Sort of like an independent study. Vicky giggled at that. No, sir. Mr. Fabiano is absent today. Karen said again. Pause. Yes, sir. Another pause. Karen smiled. Okay, I'll tell them. Thanks, Mr. Doblin. She hung up the phone. That was a close call, she said, grinning. For a second, I thought he wanted to talk to our sub. Anyway, it's all set. We're staying right here. Amen, said Jasmine. What about me? Sean asked. I gotta go to resource room. I'm already late. Everyone turned and looked at him. Does Mrs. Zimetti really help you? Robert asked. I went to her last year. I think she's an alien. Seriously, she's nice, but she's from another galaxy. Fact, Christopher said. He looked at Sean. You really have to go? Sean shrugged and lowered his eyes. It was no secret that he was a poor reader. My dad showed me this trick, Robert told Sean, for remembering stuff after you read it. I can show you. It's pretty easy. So it's decided then, Karen said. You're staying. We need you right here. But what, Sean said. Don't worry, Karen said, getting out of her seat. I'll arrange everything. Karen picked up the phone again. No answer, she said, frowning. Then, the door opened and Mrs. Zemeti herself walked into the room. Rachel sat up with a start. Come on, Sean, Mrs. Zemeti urged from the doorway. She was the grandmotherly sort of teacher, short and plump with a pair of thick bifocals around her neck. Um, Bifocals are a type of glasses. But um, I gotta do some stuff here, Sean said. He looked confused. I'll have you back here in 30 minutes, maybe less. Mrs. Zemedi said with a kind smile. "'You'll hardly know you were gone.' Reluctantly, Sean stood. Rachel saw him hesitate by the rain-drenched window, torn between going and trying to stay. She felt sorry for him, but there was nothing she or anyone else could do to help him. "'You are to be commended,' Mrs. Zemedi said, smiling at the kids in the classroom. "'I can't tell you how nice it is to see a class behaving itself. "'You can tell that to Mr. Fabiano.' He's out today, Karen explained as Sean walked to the front of the room. She smiled. We have a substitute. She just ran to the bathroom. Well, please tell her that I said you are a wonderful class, Mrs. Zamedi said. Mrs. Zamedi and Sean left. For two full seconds, the class stayed silent as if holding its collective breath. And then everyone cracked up. Shh Jasmine said, but she was laughing too, bent over. She opened her eyes wide and, still laughing, pointed at Rachel White. The whole class looked and saw what Jasmine had seen. A small smile on Rachel's face. So, remember, Rachel has not smiled in six months. And she just smiled. So it's a pretty big breakthrough. Anyway, hope you enjoyed. Have a great weekend and come back next week for our next chapter.